What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Here's the deal. Millions of miles traveled across the globe. Thousands of concerts attended. Hundreds of thousands of records and concert tickets sold as a music store owner. Some people listen to music. Some actually live the life and survive to tell the tale. This is the autobiographical life story and rock and roll adventures of Max Baker Jr. Sponsored by MedCards Made Easy. Visit MedCardsMadeEasy.net and the fabulous Baker Boys. Always hiring. For more information, call 405-417-7656. This is the Here's the Deal podcast with Max Baker Jr. I am Max Baker Jr. and this is my story. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. The Here's the Deal podcast presents the Texas Hippie Coalition. Friday, December 9th at OKC Farmers Market, 311 South Klein Avenue in Oklahoma City. Come on, come on, come on, come on, turn it Texas Hippie Coalition. Friday, December 9th with special guests Reb Jones and Perseus and Rid Them All. Tickets starting at $20 with no fees at Ticketstorm.com. THC. Friday, December 9th at OKC Farmers Market. Man, if it wasn't for my good friend Jeff telling me about med cars made easy, I'd still be in pain from a motorcycle wreck I had a couple years ago. So if you're hurting, give MedCars Made Easy a call. They got me my medical card real fast, no problem. Their staff were friendly and real professional. It's just like what that says, MedCars Made Easy. Give them a call to stop you hurting. Make an appointment by calling 405-905-6884. MedCars Made Easy. We're back with episode 18 of the Here's the Deal podcast, the Max Baker Jr. story. Back with Jeff Brownin, Max Baker Jr., and Josh Lupton, who is off camera operating everything. And where we left off in 1996 was March 29th. In 1996, there was a show at the State Fair Arena that Jeff and I were both kind of shocked that the State Fair Arena allowed that one to happen. Ministry, the Young Gods, and Sphincter. The Sphincter Tour. The Sphincter Tour. Sphincter Tour. It's funny that you say that about the Fairgrounds Arena because that place has been there and has done shows since the 70s. You know, I seen many there as a kid for three bucks. You yes. see the advertising for that? Yeah, I hold an American flag with his brain blowing up. Yeah. So that was the album artwork as well. Uh, as yeah, the, but the record, the I don't, that record didn't do that good, you know? I mean, it was ministry, but it was not... Do we have numbers? How many it did? Uh, it says eighteen forty. So, what's the capacity of the State Fair Arena? Eight thousand. So, so Jeff, hold that up towards the camera. There it is. So, I would expect Ministry to have a little bit better support. Oh, uh, me too. You know, I mean, especially because if they were going to do arenas like that, nobody knew who the Young Gods were. I mean, usually, you know. It's uh, it's, he could have went from the what is it, Wax Tracks? Yes, the, Wax Track Studios. 
Yes. In Chicago. Right. You know, they had all kinds of bands, industrial things like that, in uh, Pig Face. Uh, but to get the young, you know, just, you're right about, I think, and that support could have killed him. Uh, it, it's just crazy because if, if he's expecting to sell out arenas, I just expected somebody like a Pig Face or right. an Acid Bath or, you know, like there's a bunch of those Chicago area bands. All or, kinds you know, of bands like that at that time. He could have gone out with KMFDM or, right. you know, and that would have been a really My, big... My life with this real girl right. called or the Cramps, Vast, or somebody. Yeah. You know, that just, would have been a really just huge all tour. kinds of. Now, now he would go with it. I think. Who do you play with? It's a diamond. You remember? Uh, I can't remember. Prong? Prong. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty it's cool kind, You know, but it's still got, they had a little bit more commercial success. So after ministry, we go the exact opposite way. Michael W. Smith, Jars of Clay, and Three Crosses at Lloyd Noble, April 1st. No April Fool's joke. Uh, that really <laughs> happened in 1996. It really did. And I know that's another one of those shows that you probably had front row tickets for. <laughs> no. Uh, so we'll, we'll move on to the next one. April 10th. At the Diamond Ballroom, 891 people showed up for Tripping Daisy. Good crowd. I'm a huge fan of Tim DeLotter's. Uh, I was a big fan of Tripping Daisy in high school and then Polyphonic Spree. And I'm pretty sure somewhere I still have my original Tripping Daisy t-shirt from back then. Yeah, this was the one where it was box talent and DCF concerts. You know, Trippin' Daisy was a, wasn't they a Dallas band? Yes. You know, so, and with box talent, he was all into those, because he had like uh, uh, Bellevue, Wakeland. Uh, yeah, he was the agent booking agent all, for some yeah, of those Yeah, all the way. Bands. I mean, But this you was know. also kind of a little different than what Ralph right. usually had down at, out at the Diamond. You know, so. it was it was everybody getting their feet wet. Plus, too, it was so local. You had shadow play. This is where tickets were... The fees were directed back into the record stores that were. You had Shadow Play, you had Choice Music, you had Rainbow uh, Records, and all Oklahoma ticket outlets. So you had okay tickets coming into the scene, but you still, the promoters were cool enough at the time to still let the, the, the little guy in the record stores sell, which kept your street promotion, which I think a lot has been forgotten today. Well, right, because you build a relationship with your customer. Because That's they, how I did they, they with my music. Back, they come know? back to get tickets from you every time. Right. You know, once you've got them. And, and on they, the average, you know, they'd only get like a buck a ticket. Right. And the other thing of it is you was hoping they bought the tickets. Hey, maybe they were walking out of there with that new CD. Or, or that, or you know, uh, in the record store business, the, the highest margin on items is accessories, posters, right. incense, Correct. stuff like that. So yeah. if you could sell, even though those are low ticket items, right. if you could sell some of those high margin items with every ticket sold, that may help you make your yeah, light but bill. You, you, know what, you know what else didn't hurt? Being able to finagle your way to where you could maybe do a meet and greet with that fan that came in there and talked to you. You might be able to help them get in early, uh, sell them a ticket, or if they were cool, you know, or, or I hung out with a lot of my customers and took them to shows, you know, and so, and some of them, <laughs> we'll talk about it later, but I got a, I got a great write-up, what was it, a message from one of the dudes that used to work at me, work with me, Alan, you know, to, just reminding me of things that we did in the store and what I asked him to do. You know, we'll get to that later, but... Uh. So after Tripping Daisy, Michael Hedges at the Boar's Head did 341 people on April 25th. And that's that's kind of light for Michael Hedges. Three, yeah. Three days later at the Myriad, a huge 
Tour, Ozzy Osbourne, Typo Negative, and Sepultura. That show was badass. <laughs> it was. It was like way badass. Okay, so and I made good money at that show. Was Max Cavalera still in yes. Sepultura at this yes. point? Yes, yes. Peter Steele and Typo then Ozzy. Negative, man. They. How big do you think they would be right now if he was still alive? You know, it, that band to me is very dear to my heart. You know, I seen. I've seen many dancing girls dance to black. Does it say what tour that was? For it's, Aussie? That it was, says Retirement Sucks yeah. Tour. The Retirement Sucks. That wasn't, uh, what year was that? 96. 96. That wasn't sucks. no more teeth now. He says Retirement Sucks. Remember, he was yeah. going to retire. Right. And then he, then he came out of retirement. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby at the whole school. Yeah, I hurt me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created the show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Well, this was just before the, just a few years before the Osborne's reality show. Yes. Yes, this was before that. And wasn't he coming off? No. He was just getting uh, Ozfest going. Go, yeah, it was just getting This is right going. at the cut, start of it. So after that, the Rippingtons at the Boar's Head on May 15th, 96, 458 people. And then at the Diamond on May 20th, uh, a show I would have loved to have seen, Seven Mary Three, Poe, and Salt. And that did 1,322 people. I that never was, got to see Poe. Yeah, that was good. Was she good? Yeah, she was way good. I mean, How many people, Jay? 1322. Wow. Almost, would, almost a sellout. What, yeah. what were the tickets? $15 in advance? All tickets, $15. Yeah, and it. also, too, I guarantee the cat, had, that, that was the one with Cumbersome. Was that the name of the oh, song? Oh, yeah. 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 That had to have been when it was huge. Yeah. So here's one. May 21st, uh, you put your cowboy hat and your boots back on. Dwight Yoakam, <laughs> David Ball, and the Gone Tour at the Zoo Amphitheater. Yeah, this, this, uh, this show's pretty special to me because... Uh, you love that song, Private Malone? Is that why? <laughs> no, I love Dwight. I uh, always have. But uh, I got asked to do something special for Dwight. Dwight wanted to have, at the, you know, people were finding out about the Midnight Dolls. And we got invited to go to the Dwight Yoakam show at the zoo and hang out, you know backstage some set at the uh, at the soundboard but it was just an all-around fun night and party with Dwight and plus there's a couple girls that I know in Tulsa you you know a girl named uh, her name was Renee she worked at Little Wing and she had a friend named Tanya and Tanya uh, she's Tanya I think Tanya Thompson is a music teacher like a school of rock type thing in in Tulsa but she sang back up with Cheap Trick sang with Dwight and uh you know, back in the day, they were very dear friends of ours. So it was just so, you know, back then it was all around fun time. And you, you guys seem to have gone to the Ian Morewell as many times as possible in the, the mid to late 90s. Because you're there again. here a lot. Yeah. June, a lot. June 8th, 96, Ian Moore, Bricktown Amphitheater, 1,043 people. So he had gotten to where, what was that one we did? 1,400. Okay, and then it kept it 1,000. But it just, it was like every six months. So, are you going to go see him this uh, upcoming it's Saturday? Saturday with the twenty. Billy F. Gibbons with Billy Gibbons and uh, and Orienti. 
Orienti. But you can never say her name. <laughs> what, what, what is it going to be, Max? I mean, there's decisions why, there. Cause there's, why there's the, you, there's why the you misfits, put me on the spot? There's the Misfits and Alice well, Cooper. Well, because it's in, come up in, in the Dallas. podcast. Then there's, you know, there's that show. I mean, oh, he's already squelched that because he knows I want to do that. Here's, here's, here's the thing. There's a lot of choices for this Saturday. Yeah. And, tough ones. You know, no, like very tough ones. And because why? Because there's so much entertainment that's so, uh, you know, it's like, what do you really want to do? You know, and plus, I've got this stuff down on the horizon. Me, I'm looking forward to the Ryman Theater with Yellow Wolf and Shooter Jennings. So I've got to watch what I, you know. What does any of that have to do with this weekend? <laughs> it has a lot. Of, <laughs> has a you, lot got, of, you got way off track. It here, has buddy. a lot to do with this weekend because a, it's two weeks down the road. You he know, just, he just asked, "Were you going down to Ardmore to see the show?" Or it d- depends on. Uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> I can't wow. answer that. Turn your phone off. I can't answer that. Wow, Max. All right, so, move on to the next show, Jay. So the week after that, June twelfth, Government Mule, which blows my mind, at VZDs of all. That's where they started. Isn't that wild? That's where they started. 251 people. That's Can packed in that? that place, though. Dude, that's got to be like 50 at least yeah. over capacity. You know, I had a girl one time that was, she was so into this band, and she would come to Choice Music. She was in the fan club, and I can remember when all this went around, and she would just go around. You know, back then, they'd send you flyers and send you things. and To help and, promote. Yes. You know. And, and you know, I mean, and, and she was into it, you know. Brad, Brad Copeland from the Cat Morning Show. Huge government mule fan. Oh, I'm a mule fan. I believe that they're awesome i mean they're awesome he's jamming or i think he jammed the other night with uh, mike campbell i tell you what that'd so, be pretty cool to see yeah you know you know that uh there was a he was with um david allen Coe for a period of time and some of that stuff is really cool look it up on uh, that's when YouTube. he first started wasn't it who warren haynes yeah well i think it was so here's a pretty good. june really of 96 is a pretty busy month you started off with ian moore government mule and then you've got three shows with the butthole surfers toadies revered horton heat and the super suckers which is to me a stupid good that's uh, yeah Just, i mean i mean absolutely it, it, go, it goes insane it goes back to that thing played all over the united states and probably the least attended was the three we did the 15th 16th and 18th of June of 96, Butthole Surfers, Toadies, Reverend Horton Heat, Super Suckers, first one being the TNT building, 1,872 people, River Parks in Tulsa, 2,099, and then that's... Is that 1930 at the Cotillion yep. in Wichita? Yeah. Now the, wow. The uh, the one at River Parks, that's the one that the uh, storm came in. Remember? And and we had to... Stop. Yeah, stop right right there before the before the end of the show and put everything in trailers and stuff. Yeah, you know, and then like the TNT building. What can you say about that place? It's big. It's gone. You know? Is the River Park stage still there in Tulsa? Or I think the, so. Yeah, no, this wasn't on the, actually on the stage. It, it was, was up, up, on, up the, on the grass. Uh, up on the grass. They built an area. That would have been cooler if on that floating stage, I feel yeah. like. The, the, I saw a man. Yeah, the floating stage was, was a nightmare. It was cool in concept and everything. Oh, I, I, but in, I bet it was a nightmare. Oh, a load in, load out. You know, you've got that hill. And so you can't back down the hill and get on level ground with the 
semi. And you got to push everything so you have up. To get, you have to Ooh. park on top of the hill and everything. Yeah. And Double it, up on the stage hands. And then, and then you also had to be real careful that nothing rolled into the river. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. Uh, okay, so June twenty seventh, VZDs only fifty four people. Storyville, unbelievable because they played the Roxy. What? And that's 90, a super group, right? That's Dor- right. Doyle Bramhall and who else? Uh, the, the one the uh, Sexton? Chris Dayton and and uh, Chris no, it wasn't, it wasn't Charlie Sexton. It was uh, uh, what's that guy's name? The bass player for Stevie Ray. Uh, Fifty-four people, unbelievable. That, that was a that was a really good band. So this is the show uh, that I know comes with a fantastic story as we round out June of 96, June 29th, Bricktown Live, the cursed to tour. <laughs> Napalm death at the gates, evisceration, and pit bulls on crack. And the name of the tour, cursed to tour, could not be more accurate. Correct. I mean, that was the day after my birthday, and in the Bricktown Live, and so was this one of your your Mad Max celebrations? No, no, this is just a straight up choice music. Here it is, right here. Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, And ferocious. Yeah, Choice Entertainment presents, and so all these ferocious pit bulls on crack. crack. Steve Ray, big shout out. Evisceration was um, went on to be what Kevin Tubby. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Yes. 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 And and. So I did all these bands right here. Who was Frocious? Frocious was oh, what's that guy's name? Dustin. He's in a. They, I think they have a Anthrax. Uh, oh, is he in triple, the uh, not not yes. Yeah. Okay. So this show right here, the heat index in the building because we were in Bricktown <laughs> Live and there was no air conditioning. <laughs> no, there wasn't. And it was June. Well, wasn't the air conditioning out on the the bus for Nick well, the, what happened, well? What happened was, uh, and it didn't have a back wall. It had Visqueen. It did. <laughs> so where and so so no all the band, all there. the bands were there. They played Napalm Death. I was told was stuck somewhere. Up in like North Dakota's. Wait for it. it. Took them twenty six hours. What had happened was their bus broke down. They had no air conditioning, so they took this bus, being English, and they drove it all the way to Oklahoma City. All the bands had played, and they show up like fifteen minutes before their set time, and roll in and get off, and the tour manager gets out spatting orders. You know, and he'd just been doing 26 hours, and and my guys that were working for me and us got together and said, "Hey, look here, dude, this ain't happening." Yeah, it's not, you know, not the way we here play. We, here we go. You know, you want your money, or do you want you want us to cancel you right now? You know, I I would have thought like we might have told him in a, in a different way. Hey, look here, dude. If I came 26 hours in a hot car, I wouldn't get off and being a dick. I'd get off and ask for something to so, drink. So, you have any ice, please? Exactly. <laughs> You're right. Something, something cold. So anyway, you know, after, and the, the the stress level of waiting, are they coming? Are they not? You know? Well, I don't know. Especially if after the doors are open and, and you already had bands play and, and you still have the headliner act there. That's, that's kind I, of a stressful situation. I don't know if you remember this or not, Max, but 
that's exactly how the Murphy's Law show was that you booked my band right. to open for at the venue. A few that was of them have been like that. Live. Fear was like that. You didn't even know if they were showing up. The we knew that they were on their way because it was the age right, of cell but, phones, but, and the sound guy literally kept saying, "Hey, keep going," and right. we were running out of songs. But you didn't have you didn't have internet. You didn't have internet or no, text messages no. where they could tell you. Yeah, you had to sit there and pace and wonder. And we, we were literally playing improv what we called improv songs and they rolled up and we finished it up and moved out of the way and they loaded real their bands stuff can in. do that you know but the thing <laughs> of it is once napalm death got on stage once it all got to popping it was like it was no big deal you know and i mean but how it is in show business and jeff so, jeff can be my witness sometimes it doesn't matter how it does how it gets done there's always a no there's always a door that opens and, a, and there's always a show time and there's always a loadout so you know? was the crowd was there anybody in the crowd who were aware that there was an issue no and that napalm death wasn't there and might no, not well, play yet you know it doesn't take anybody to see all, a the, all the stagehands knew but yeah. I mean, there wasn't a tour bus out right front. these, these there wasn't other a trailer bands, these other bands weren't in tour buses i think uh what was at, at the, the gates ga- came in a van and a trailer <clears throat> the other bands were local so We'll move to July 20th. Guy, I'm still friends with to this day. Bricktown Amphitheater, 744 people, Filter and Jacob. And uh, shout out to Cody Bailey from uh, Jacob. Great band. Absolutely. I mean, Jacob, you know that from that being was, from that Tulsa. Was the, that was the, and this is about that time. Yeah, they were at Cody, the highlight. Cody was the first guy that I knew, he and his brother, they were the first ones that I knew that truly had music licensed. And they were the first ones that I yeah. knew that had music licensed for video games and there were several uh, or at least a couple of Jacob tracks that were used for the PlayStation 1 of the Twisted Metal video games and it was around this time. Oh wow. And so you That's know cool. to to be in college in Claremore and I'm sitting here talking to a guy whose song I've heard a million times on this freaking video game. That was a pretty surreal moment and to this day he's one of the smartest Yeah, he worked guys. in our office and I mean Cody Bailey's done a lot of great things. Incredible drummer. He's played with yeah. Leon Russell played with Concrete Blonde. Forever. Um, he's going to go down as one of those legendary musicians from this state. Uh, I bet you they were actually better than Filter Live. Could have been. Could have been. So we go past that 725-96 Zoo Amphitheater Return to Paradise Sticks in Kansas. See, that's that's a, that's another classic zoo show. Now, here is the one that I'm pretty sure you were at, Max. Bricktown Amphitheater, 1,450 people, same day, Sparkle and Fade Tour, Everclear, and Seven Year Bitch. Okay, so there's there's more to the story than that because right. it was the Summerland Tour. Okay. As you can see here, it was Everclear, Space Hog, Tracy Bonham, and Seven Year Bitch. It was a package. And, and it was going to the TNT building at the, at the fairgrounds. So what happened with the venue? I don't remember what happened, but we had to bust the show into two nights. And so... Because the very next night, you have Space Hog and Seven Year Bitch. So did Tracy Bonham Tracy just Bonham, Tracy Bonham, Bonham spin off. And, and for some reason, we moved out of the TNT building. And I, If I was guessing, I, if I, you put b- both those nights together, you still didn't have enough to cover the cost. True, because you've got you've How got many people. You've got fourteen fifty on the Everclear night, and then you have seven nineteen on the next night with Space Hog. So you you know you're under twenty five hundred. But see, you also still have the expenses that were incurred when it was going to be at the TNT building. You know when you it was basically it, just one of those places that you need to do it already. and get it over yeah, with. Yeah, you just exactly. gotta get through it. Exactly. So we moved to July thirty first, Boar's Head, and was that the last show that we did at the Amphitheater? 
What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Pop, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen. This is a this is a show uh, this is a show that I know uh, Josh Lupton uh, would absolutely love to uh, to have seen Stanley Jordan at the Boar's Head. That's probably one of our first ones at the Boar's Head. Now this is where Jeff, you broke out all of the detailed information. You was, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move to August first, nineteen ninety six, and this is at the Kansas Coliseum. Is that Wichita or Kansas City? That's in Wichita. Wichita. Pantera, White Zombie, and the Deftones. 4,844 people, and you actually brought the technical writer for this. So this is not just a couple of pages, Jeff. No, it's a small it's a book. book. This it's is an book. entire book. Uh, 34 different chapters uh, in this book. <laughs> it's, but, very, it's a very detailed book. Max, we were talking about this as we were going through this. Like, there is literally everything in this book that is needed to pull off this show from stage plot to pyrotechnics risers load in load out and because of the baker boys and what you guys do for a living i wanted to talk about the number of stage hands needed where it says purchaser agrees to provide a local crew to be used for the purpose of loading in and out of venue and setting up and breaking down band equipment specific stage hand calls will be advanced by artist production manager the number of stage hands may change depending on the layout of the venue purchasers house production director and chief production rep must be uh, at the place of engagement at the called load-in time to meet artist production manager to discuss and coordinate presentation and security arrangements. Load-in. Six upriggers, two downriggers, eight loaders, 24 stagehands, one forklift driver, one electrician, one steward and crew chief. Show. Four loaders, eight stagehands, four house spot ops, four deck ops, one forklift operator, house light op, one electrician, one steward and crew chief. Load-out. Six upriggers, two downriggers, eight loaders, 32 stagehands. They bump it. Is that because stagehands are exhausted by the no, end of it? No, it's, need because, more? it's because they think that if they add more people at they the end of the night, faster. that it'll move faster. But what that does, is, and it's great for a guy like me, but to add more people, then that puts you to where you get in the way. And at the end of it, no matter how fast you do it. Because the guys who were there during load-in, they've kind of got the rhythm down. and Well, they, they get cut. Well, see, that's why you notice that middle call, the show call, is less than the load in and load out. Yeah, because you lose about half of those people. Yeah, you're only only keeping eight. Right. Instead of 24. Correct. Correct. So So they go home, rest, whatever. Yeah. And then they come back for the loadout. Two runners. With you know, and one thing about here, back then, and it's always been a fabulous Baker Boy rule, if you build a show, you need to see the show. And nowadays, if you build a show, they don't care. You had to have yeah. a doctor on site. Yes. Uh, the uh, the security personnel instructions are, are pretty intense for just backstage. And you got to have oxygen. And, and, uh, and then here's the barricades, a separate py- uh, pyrotechnics room, physical therapist room. Accountant office. 
Nothing more metal than Pantera's accountant. Right. Hey, I, I have hey, to listen. The, the show you don't want to make you mad. Well, I know. I know that when we were doing settlement, I remember that the cost of the show was over a hundred thousand dollars, and that was the first time I'd ever seen that amount on a settlement sheet. I was like a hundred thousand dollars. So I was trying to break it down. So the cost to put yeah, on the so show. So put on yeah. the show. You say there's a hundred thousand. What was the ticket price? Um, we weren't at twenty five then, were we? Probably not. It, it doesn't actually say on here. So just think about this if you were at 25 you needed 4,000 to do 100,000 and how many should you have 4,800 and, and some change so you might have got to take the 800 which would have been 32,000 and then fill it around to everybody who's involved because it's co-promoting and you have to rent forklifts and vans right. and yeah but that's all in the 100 grand absolutely absolutely Here, here's one uh, fact for the dressing rooms that was clearly very very serious because they put it in all caps all dressing room lamps must have light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a reason that's, that's in there. At some point in time, that was an issue. Yeah, well, or the fact of the matter is, if you don't read it, and say you haven't, say you have, back then, if you didn't read it, and then they go into the room and it's not there, they could blow a gasket, charge you 500. Or Pantera's just... dressing room, please provide one large sofa, one love seat, two living room chairs, six regular chairs, one coffee table, two end tables, two lamps, one full-length mirror, and one large trash can. Now, I can tell you right now, Pantera does not need a coffee table. That's <laughs> that's only something that's going to get broken. That's so they can so stand on it. Set, set on or set drinks on. And Phil, then, Phil's gym. You had to provide a gym for a, Phil. A separate room a for him. And he traveled with all of his his One sofa, one love seat, one coffee table, two floor lamps, assorted live plants, one full-length mirror, and large trash can. He needed the plant so he could get the oxygen while he was working out. Yeah, but you got to remember. It was a Zen moment. In show show business, there's one guy or two guys out there in every town that supply all that stuff for backstage. Well, here's what's bullshit. Why Zombie's crew room, the crew, please provide a minimum of 12 folding chairs. Pantera gets a full-blown, like, rent-a-center, you know, living room It was (laughs) rent-a-center. Why Zombie's? His crew gets folding chairs. Well, that's what they requested. Right. But here's, here's you know, this is how we got Rent-A-Center. That's why we, it was always way cooler to work for Pantera. We would go and tell them who the bands were, so they'd rent it to us for real cheap, and then go back, and then they would they would rent it out or sell it Say, as these are the, this is what this. this is what Pantera set on, you know? Have a little sign Steal above, the week. <laughs> above the couch. All dressing rooms must have nearby private toilets and showers with hot and cold running water for private use of artists only. Means no stagehands or house personnel or promoter staff. Right. Towels. What was it, 12 dozen? Production manager 144 <laughs> large pre-washed black bath towels. No, that's before the black towel craze. Okay. That's still white. Now, here's the, the crazy part of catering. Uh, this is seven pages of catering hospitality. Seven pages. Well, yes, it's, it, is all, it's, it is also very specific. Uh, breakfast. Breakfast must be ready half hour prior to load in. Call 9 a.m. Breakfast must be full hot breakfast, including eggs. Pancakes, waffles, French toast, bacon, sausage, hash brown, potatoes, assorted cereals, oatmeal, bread and toaster, assorted jams, fresh fruit, pastries, bagels, cream cheese, and all the fixings, as well as two copies of each USA Today and local newspapers. 
At least they didn't have to be ironed, so there's no wrinkles in them. So, and how many people for breakfast? Uh, that is going to be thirty-two people. Okay, that's and that's just. That's just, and that is just their crew. That's, that's just not road the crew. That's, that's, that's not, not the local yeah. No local. States no has got donuts, maybe. Lunch, 40 people. Yeah, some more people that's woke right. up. Dinner, 70 people. Yeah. <laughs> And there's and there and then you also have all the you also have all the locals on top of that. So and then here you're going to go through the room stock. Hey, so hold on, what do they want for dinner? Uh, Just sixty. Yeah. No, steak. 70, 70 people. They wanted um, simple American dishes. No curries, no Thai food. Dinner must consist of a starter, soup, three hot entree choices, two fresh vegetables, a starch, potato, rice, or pasta, green salad or salads, assorted breads and rolls, fresh fruit, and dessert. Dinner must be served on real plates with real silverware. Please do not use paper plates or plastic silverware. Specific dinner mu- menus must be approved by artist production staff in advance of the show. Quantity must be sufficient for artists and artist crew. 70 people, including support acts and crew, and dinner must be left up until artist production staff has ensured that everyone has eaten. That Welcome number, to that Dave's number, show. Yeah, that number just went to 100 easily. And plus, you, you know, those were the, before the writers were, on Tuesday they got fish, Wednesday they got steak, you know. Uh, yeah, they didn't like having chicken Monday was chicken. And then everything else is pretty standard, you know. But there's um, a lot of it. The the alcohol was a lot of money on that. They did want uh, 10 cheap Magnum condoms and six regular Magnum condoms. (laughs) Uh, I don't know why you would want generic versus regular. Three packs of, of, of maybe cigarettes. some maybe the generic were for the road crew. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and was that where, where did where did that go? Was that to Phil's gym or where uh, was where, that, where was, the, that was the band's dressing? Oh, room. the band's dressing room. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Uh, but what what's crazy is even front of house has booze going to it. Wires. Stage yeah. right, stage Aaron left, Barnes. front of house. And then bus stock. The bus stock is insane after the show. Uh, what all they want, but the after show food, believe it or not, uh, I'm pretty impressed. Not too bad, you know. They're fine. There's with no fast way food. they can be hungry, no, or thirsty. But the the coolest thing is is this actually has the stage plot from the show as well as all of the the pirate lights. They went to the very points. extreme to give the very best. The crazy part about that 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 bus stock and all that stuff, they had they had a. Very stern, dude. Anal retentive? Yes, that would check that off. Well, it was their job. That was your job. Yeah. They got paid to make, sh- and listen, any scamp they would tell them, and you know, you could either get fined or whatever. And imagine going shopping for all that stuff. But that, that's insane yeah. to me. All of that hospitality that's very specific where it goes, whether it be band, production, front of house, Phil's gym, White Zombie. But let me tell you tones. what happens at the but, end of the But trip? you only have two runners. And usually the runners are the ones who are making sure you that You start all of that, this list days before. You, know, you have well, to. There's well, no way you could do that. And also, also in here somewhere it tells you they have a... Uh, they have a chef that goes on tour with them. Yeah, right here. You see oh, you that? The, you have the sticker over it. They have a chef. So purchaser shall provide one room for the use of the artist chef to include four, six to eight banquet tables, eight chairs, access to hot and cold running water. Power requirements for this room will be advanced by production staff. One dishwasher assistant will be required from 4 to 8 p.m. 
<laughs> there you go. How about that? Listen, that's a job. It would have been a lot cooler if it was Anthony Bourdain, but you know, we'll take what we can get. So we will, that's where we will end this episode. And where we come back, we're going to pick up in 1996, August 3rd, Ted Nugent, Bad Company at the Zoo Amphitheater. The Here's the Deal podcast, sponsored by Med Cards Made Easy and the Fabulous Baker Boys, hosted by Jay Ramon and Max Baker Jr., produced, engineered, and fact-checked by Josh Lupton and Jeff Browning. Subscribe to the Here's the Deal podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen.